Amen. Take your Bibles this morning and turn to the book of John, the Gospel of John. Thank you, Brother David. You probably have to turn that down a little bit. The Gospel of John, chapter number 13. And I want you to keep your Bible open. Sometimes we, um, we have a habit of listening to that first verse or that text, and then we close our Bibles and just kind of wait for the end. Uh, but we're going to be walking through several of, well, quite a few of these last chapters of the book of John. We'll be in Acts. We'll be in Second Peter. And uh, so I ask if you will, just kind of journey with us. And uh, I'll say this uh, just kind of in, in passing. Um, it was good to see. Uh, and I, I've said this twice this week. If I start naming names, I'll get in trouble. Um, but namely, it was good to see um, Nick and... Uh, Kurt and uh, Nathan up there on the front pew, and um, they got to, I know they got to run at least twice, and uh, I got tickled at Ashton, because Ashton's not a runner, and uh, you could tell that, but he enjoyed it, and uh, I got to looking at Nathan, and uh, he did pretty good, Nathan did pretty, Nathan's a tiptoe runner, but he tiptoed through the tulips pretty good on uh, on those few nights and um, then you got Nick he's he's a little racer at heart and uh, he he just took off cowboy boots and all and then Kurt um, Kurt Kurt's getting older uh, he let some of those youngins outrun him but uh, I thought thought back a couple weeks ago when we were uh, doing that that race that Saturday um, I said, I mean, I was being serious. And I said, now, Kurt, you don't wait around on me. Just, just go. Well, old boy said, go. And he went. And I looked and he was a quarter of a mile up the road from me. And I said, well, I reckon he ain't waiting on his little friend, is he? And, but, uh, we had a good time. If you ain't careful, you'll get up front and, uh, something will get splashed on you and you ain't never gonna get over it. And I uh, got tickled the other night sitting over there, Brother Dean. I think it's when he was preaching. I don't remember exactly, but he told Brother Gene and Brother Ayers that was sitting there. He said, I promise not to spit on you again. But I remember quite a few times being in camp meeting Brother Joe Arthur and Brother Sammy Allen and several others sitting on the front pew right over here down at Solid Rock Baptist Church. And those preachers will get preaching and they'd spit on you. And at first you're like, what just happened? Then all of a sudden it really didn't matter. Just, just bring it on. And, uh, uh, we, we've said a few times, you get under the spout where the glory gets, comes out. And I'm glad we got to get under that this week. Amen. Amen. John chapter 13. You find your place. Amen. Amen. We're going to read, um, read verse number 36 down through verse number 38. And, uh, I'll try to give you the thought that's been on my heart. Been working on this for a couple weeks. And uh, it's really not developed, which you should, once you once we get the end, you should probably say amen. Uh, but uh, I just kind of want to go through several things in Peter's life. And uh, so we'll start here in verse number 36, and then uh, we'll pray, and I'll give you a short introduction, we'll hit the ground running. Simon Peter said unto him, Lord, whither goest thou? Jesus answered him, Whither I go, thou canst not follow me now, but thou shalt follow me afterwards. Peter said unto him, Lord, why cannot I follow thee now? I will lay down my life for thy sake. And Jesus answered him, Wilt thou lay down thy life for my sake? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, The cock shall not crow till thou hast denied me thrice. Let's pray, Father in heaven. We love you and we thank you for your blessings. We thank you for your word. Now, God, I pray that you'd hide us behind the cross of Calvary. Allow us, Lord, to preach the thought that you've laid on our hearts. Father, I pray that you'd challenge and convict us tonight or today. And, Lord, I pray that if there be one, Lord, that's just about ready to give up. Lord, even in spite of the meeting that we've had, they're wearied, they're tired, they're worn out. God, I pray, Lord, that they would pick up the baton and run another race. Father, we ask you that you would encourage us today. We give you the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, this is probably not a proper title, at least not the one I'm really satisfied with, but the one I pinned down, and it's Peter's End and Beginning. Peter's End and Beginning. Uh, 
And as we've read this, especially verse number 38, Jesus has said to Peter now, he says that before the cock shall crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. Uh, is my phone over there, honey? Okay, all right. Just if if I get to 12 o'clock, stand up and shout, okay, baby? And uh, and I know it's time to run down 280. <clears throat> he says, uh, the cock shall not crow till thou hast denied me thrice. And as I began to kind of write down the, the introduction, I thought how devastating this must have been to hear, not, not just from someone, but from Jesus. This is the one that you, you have seen feed the 5,000. You have heard him preach of himself. You have seen him raise the, oh, we can go through all of these things. And then all of a sudden, Jesus, the one that you believe is the Son of God, says, Peter, you're going to deny me three times before the cock crows. It's got to be devastating to have heard uh, that one day he would deny him not just once, Brother Samuel, but three times in a day or in a night. And imagine the days following, and as I, if you're like me sometimes, you just kind of look at this, and you're like, well, uh, there's uh, chapter 13, 14, and so maybe each one of these are a day, or each one of these are a week, or maybe there's a month time span before these, and, and so I've read after several men, and there's really only about three, maybe four days between chapter 13 and between chapter number uh, 19 or 18 when Jesus is betrayed and crucified. And so literally just several days before Peter truly would deny Christ, Christ himself told Peter that this would happen. And I'm sure in these days following, every moment of every day, Peter must have been thinking about denying the Lord. Must have been thinking about this. He had heard just a few uh, moments ago that someone was going to betray him. No doubt he was devastated by that news, but here he was being told by the Son of God that he himself was going to deny him. And he couldn't imagine this. I can imagine as he second-guessed each word, as he inventories his thoughts and his actions, uh, is this what I'm doing? Is this decision I'm making? Is it going to betray the Lord? Is this going to lead to me denying the Lord? And I'm sure that he counted every single step in these days, in these hours. But then the day arrives and Jesus is praying in the garden. And all of a sudden, through the rustle of the trees and the bushes, out comes the soldiers, the high priest, and then Judas. And Judas lays that kiss upon uh, the, cheek, the cheek of Christ and betrays Him. And then just a few moments later, uh, as the scene progresses, you find uh, that Peter is warming himself by the fire and he does indeed deny the Lord Jesus Christ three times. Uh, but then, if that is not devastating enough, uh, we find that just moments after that, in far it's just hours after that, rather, uh, that we find that Jesus is led to a cross on Calvary. Uh, he is crucified. He dies, and he is laid. And as far as I can tell, there are no words. Just a single glance. There are no words between Jesus being denied three times by Peter until we find in John chapter number twenty, and we we see no words spoken uh, in, in, in between the two of them. And I could only imagine if I was in Peter's place how I must have felt and how I must have felt like an absolute failure and maybe a fraud. And, and for some reason, God has placed this message on my heart today, and I wonder and maybe if there's someone how that you have failed the Lord, how though he had, though you have failed him, as Brother David just saying, though we have failed the Lord, he has never failed us, and we can glory and we can shout in those things. But honey, if you don't if you hear nothing else today, I want you to know that when you fall and when you failed and when you lay flat on your face and you've ruined everything, I'm glad this morning in Peter's life. I'm giving away the punchline. In Peter's life, he was still used. And maybe you've ran away from God. Maybe you've stumbled. You've lost your faith. You've doubted. I want you to know today that God can still use you. Amen.
And so as we try to look through the the lives and the pages here of the book of John, uh, we look at Peter and we see, and there's several several points. I'll try to give them to you. I think there's eight or nine. I don't know, but I'm going to preach them in in a very quick fashion today, so you just write them down and we'll go to the house and eat watermelon. Number one, I want you to know that Peter's denial is foretold. Peter's denial is foretold. We see it here in verse number 38. Peter is, he is, uh, uh, we all always uh, reckon Peter as being that boisterous one, that that one that always says what he's thinking, and he, he never second guesses himself, uh, but here he is shut up, if I could say that uh, politely today. Uh, His mouth is quieted because Jesus says, you are not going to follow me to the end. Matter of fact, you are going to deny me three different times. We see that Peter's denial was foretold. Uh, Number two, we see that Peter's Peter's demonstrated fierceness. If we turn over to John chapter number 18, verse number 10, uh, we see that they are in the garden and Jesus is is praying and and you can kind of compare pile all this from the Gospels, uh, but we find that the uh, the soldiers have come. And in verse number, uh, let's read verse number uh, 9. It says, that saying, which might be fulfilled, which he spake of them, uh, which thou hast given me, have I lost none. Then, verse number 10, Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and smote the high priest's servant and cut off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. Then uh, said Jesus unto Peter, Put up thy sword into thy sheath forth. The cup which the Father hath given me, shall I not drink it? And so here we see Peter's demonstrated fierceness. Uh, even in the midst of of what we've just found out in the previous verses uh, that we read in chapter number 13, how that Peter would deny him. He is still, though that's in the back of his mind, he is still fierce and he demonstrates it here. He is still trying to prove himself to God. He is still trying to say, I'm not going to leave. I told you, Jesus, I'm not going to leave you. And just to prove it, I'm going to cut off this sorry fellow's ear. I'm going to protect you. I'm going to be there until the bitter end. He cut his cut his ear off. He demonstrated his fierceness here, Peter did. But then we find just five verses later, just five verses later, Simon Peter followed Jesus, and so did another disciple, and that disciple was known unto the high priest and went in with Jesus into the palace. And Peter stood at the door without. Now, I don't have time to say this, but I, I know that, and we'll mention this before, but Jesus told Peter to follow me. We see this in a few other verses that Peter will be told by Christ to follow him. And so it appears as though he's doing what he's supposed to do. In verse number 15, Peter follows Jesus, and so did another disciple. But verse number 16 shows that maybe the tides are turning. Peter stood at the door without Then went out that other disciple, which was known unto the high priest, and spake unto her that kept the door, and brought in Peter. Then saith the damsel that kept the door unto Peter, Art thou, art not thou also one of this man's disciples? Here we go. He says, I am not. There's number one. And the servants and the officers stood there, who had made a fire of coals, for it was cold, and they warmed themselves. And Peter stood with them and warmed himself. The high priest then, we, we look here and we see that Jesus is interrogated again. Uh, but then we find in verse number uh, 25, And Simon Peter stood and warmed himself, and they said, Therefore, uh, art not thou also one of his disciples? He denied it and said, I am not. Here we go. That is the second time. Then verse 26, one of the servants of the high priest being his kinsman, whose ear Peter cut off, said, Did not I see thee in the garden with him? Peter denied again, and immediately the cock crew. Uh, so not only do we see Peter's denial foretold, uh, we see Peter's demonstrated fierceness, but we also see here Peter's disappointing failure. We see that the words of Christ had just in a matter of days come to fruition in Peter's life. Here just a few moments ago, literally just a few moments ago, Peter had his sword unsheathed, had it drawn, and he was slicing and dicing of the enemy's ear. Of a 
now all of a sudden, uh, when he was recalled uh, about that fierceness that he demonstrated there, uh, he says, I am not the one that you saw there in the garden with this man. Three times he denied the Lord. Uh, now we can be bitter against Peter. Uh, we can be upset with him and we can be uh, hypocritical about Peter. Uh, but I assure you today, uh, given the right circumstances, uh, given the right times and given the right surroundings and the burdens and the stress put upon us, every single one of us might have already or may find ourselves in Peter's shoes. But I want you to know that that's not the end of the story. We see number four, how we see Peter's directed favor. Now, y'all going to have to help me right here. Uh, real quick, well, I, we'll, we'll be in chapter number 20. You can stay right there. I'll quickly read Mark chapter number 16, verse number 7. Uh, Jesus is now, uh, he is... Um, he has risen from the grave, and he has spoken to those ladies, and he says, But go your way, tell his disciples and Peter that he, Jesus, goeth before you into Galilee. There shall you see him as he said unto you. We're talking about the Peter's directed favor. Uh, here in Mark chapter number 16, verse number 7, I'm glad that God didn't send that angel down just to say, Hey, I go tell all the disciples. I just uh, he didn't say, "Hey, I want you to go tell those ten disciples," but don't even bother with Peter. Uh, Peter denied the Lord. I uh, don't even bother with him. He's fallen. He's broken. He's battered. He's bruised. Don't even worry him with it. Oh, but hallelujah! I'm glad that instead of saying, "Tell everybody except him," he said, "Tell everybody," but make sure you tell Peter that he is alive. Amen. I'm glad this morning uh, that there's been time in my life of when I've done wrong and I've fallen away from God and the Holy Ghost of God come by and said, hey, I remember the last time we talked and I know there's been a lot of water under the bridge, but I've not forgot you. You are my son. I am your father. I've not forgotten you. Hallelujah to the land this morning. I'm glad that Peter wasn't forgotten and neither are we today. Peter had a directed favor John chapter number 20, verse number 2. It says, Then she runneth and come to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved and said unto them, They have taken away the Lord out of the sepulcher. Peter therefore went forth. So did that other fella. Verse 4, They ran also together. And all of a sudden, John outran Peter. In verse number 4, They came to the sepulcher. And he, John, stooping down and looking in, saw the linen clothes. Then come a Simon Peter. Peter following him went into the sepulcher and seeth the linen clothes lie. I like this. Peter just denied the Lord. Uh, Peter, I don't know that we can ever find that Peter was at the cross. We do not see that he was at Calvary. Maybe he was, maybe he was not, but there's no scriptural reference that he was. But I'm here to say this morning, uh, he went to the tomb that morning and he didn't just look in. Bless God, he went in. He said, I know what he said, but I want to see it with my own eyes. I was thinking about that song over in uh, I don't know where it's where you might be able to find it, uh, but that song says uh, my, let's see uh, and Lord haste the day when my faith shall be sight. I'm glad to report today uh, that when everything seems like it's ended in our lives, it could be just the beginning. Amen. And Peter thought, my goodness gracious, I've just denied the Lord three times. He died on that cross. He's dead. I know he said he'd be alive in three days. I know he said he'd be, he'd arise in three days. And Mary's word said that his body is gone. John's standing there looking and he doesn't see it. But get out of the way, John. I gotta get in. I gotta see him myself. Hey, there's been a lot of times when my faith has been so weak. Oh, but I remembered a word from sometime yonder back and that thing has worked in my heart and I've got before the Lord and said, God, I know what you said. God, I know what the preacher said, but I need to experience it myself. He had a directed favor. Look with me. Verse number two, again, she ran and went to Peter and to the other disciple. Look with me back in verse six. Peter came 
He went into the sepulcher. He saw the linen clothes lie. He saw the napkin that was about his head, not lying with the linen clothes, but wrapped by itself in a place by itself. Then went in also that other disciple. It says in verse number 9, For as yet they knew not the Scripture that He must rise again from the dead, the disciples went away into their own homes. Now, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, if I'm not mistaken, we're in chapter number 20. Are you in chapter number 20? But way on back yonder, I say way, a couple of days back, in chapter 14, chapter 14, he says, Boys, i, I got to leave you. But I promise when I leave, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And I want you to know that I will come again. Oh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and all those writers of the Terminator thought they had it when he says, I'll be back. But Jesus coined it a long time ago. Oh, old Arnold, he's, he's done come and he's gone. He's risen. He's fallen. He's done, he's done anything he wants to do. Anything money can buy, he can have it. But I want you to know when all that's gone, there is a God in heaven that one day is going to say, son, go get your bride. And he is coming back. Amen. Says there in chapter number 20, he said, they didn't know the scriptures yet. They didn't fully understand what the scriptures had to say. But I believe they heard his word. Maybe that's why he went in. He was making sure. You see, if that body was just taken, everything would have been gone, Kaylee. They would have took it all. But it said that it was, it was separation. I was reading somebody just the other week, somewhere around Easter, and he talked about how that, 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 uh, that robe or that napkin, whatever you want to call it, was in a place by itself. And I've heard the illustration that it was folded and that was an indication of him coming back. And I, I don't know. I've used that. I've shouted on it. I don't know about all that. But what this gentleman said is that it was in a place all by itself. And there was some significance to the fact that he was not going to need those death clothes any longer. He could He could have left it all in one bundle. But that was one of those robes he shed because he didn't need it, Brother Bobby, and he shed it away from everything else. He said, I'll never need this again. And Peter, as he went in, he saw it. Let me go on quickly. We saw Peter's directed favor. I'm glad that sometimes God just directs favor directly towards us. He gives it to everybody, Samuel, but I'm glad every once in a while he comes by me and he loves me like I'm about to, he loves me like I was his only child. Yesterday, don't tell Ashlyn I said this, but somebody, Brother Tory asked if, if who all was coming. I told him that me and Braylon was coming. And he's like, now how old is she? And I said, she's 13. I said, she's, she's the prettiest one. Now, my daughter, she's probably like, oh, what? Brother Jim, I'm not trying to dig myself out of a hole, but between the two of us, Braylon and me, she's the prettiest one. Okay? Compared to one another, I don't know. That's somebody else's business there. I'm glad every once in a while the Father just directs favor to me. You ever been in a service? Everybody else, they're dead as two o'clock in the morning. And you're sitting there biting on your bottom lip because God is filling you up. And you don't know whether to shout, run, let out a war hoop or what. And you know what that is? That's directed favor. God has given it to you. Everybody else can get it. Everybody else can have it if they want it. But God knows exactly what you need. And you know exactly what you Sometimes you don't know exactly what you need. And you just say, God, here I am. Fill me up. And he says, okay. And he just pours it on. Pours it on. The other day we anointed Brother Dewberry right here. And and I I didn't look at his face. I didn't I didn't see what was going on with him. But we passed around that oil. And you know what we were doing? We were putting just a little bit of oil. Maybe on, I saw I saw you had oil on your arms. You had oil on the back of your head. Had oil on the side of your face. I mean, just everywhere. But honey, when God when God begins to pour out that favor, it'll be dripping from every place on your body. And I thank thank God that when we fall and when we fail like Peter did, God can still give direct. Favor. I got to go. Number five, Peter's decision of failure. You say, what do you mean? There's failure after favor? Unfortunately, sometimes yes. 
Brother Ryan and I, Brother Ryan Goins and I were talking yesterday and I was asking his help on some of this alliteration. I'm not smart like he is. And, and so I, I'm like, brother, I need your help on, on one or two of these things. And uh, he began to talk about, about this, uh, or what did I say? This decision of failure. Originally, Brother David, I had his decision to fish. I don't reckon there's anything wrong. It still works. But he said, what about that decision of failure? And, and this is what he said, Brother David. He said he did go fishing, but the reason he went fishing is because he still didn't think that he was worthy to do anything for God. Miss Irene, Christ was arisen. Christ was risen. But yet, he figured, well, I've just ruined everything. I'll just go fishing. He was a fisherman. He said, I'll go back doing what I'm comfortable with. I'll go back doing what, what I used to do. I know how to survive by casting a net. I know how to survive by piloting a ship. I'll go back to doing what I know I can do. And if we're not careful in the middle of our failure, even after receiving favor, even after God says, I forgive you, you will feel so guilty and so shameful. And I believe that Peter felt shame in what he had done. I believe that look, and I'm fixing to read it here in a minute, that look that, that Jesus gave him across the courtroom after Peter denied him three times, I know that it had to break Peter's heart just to see that look in Christ's eyes But he said, even though we know that he is alive, we've got that promise that he's alive. Even though he's given me a directed favor, someone told me himself or themselves that he is alive. Even though I remember his words, I'm still so broken that I would fail in such a... We're not talking about just a little trip. We're talking about falling on his face. We're talking about ruining his entire testimony. And then he decided, Kaylee, I can't do it anymore. God doesn't want me anymore, so I'll go back to doing what I was doing before him. Listen, there's a danger. I wasn't going to say this, but there is a danger. We're in chapter 21 now, verse number 15. Actually, we'll be to 15 in a minute. Verse number 3, excuse me. Simon said, I go a fishing. They say unto him, we also go with thee. They went forth and entered into a ship immediately. And that night they caught nothing. You see, there is a danger in making decisions in the midst of failures. If you're not careful, you will take others with you. You've been faithful to church, you've been faithful to God, and you fall flat on your face, and you you ruin everything that you've ever worked for, and you go back to your old life, you go back to what you were comfortable with before you got saved. You're going to take somebody with you if you're not careful, but they they worked all night, but they called absolutely nothing. Better mark it down. When you start making decisions, spiritual decisions, in the times of failure, they mark it down. It's not going to be worth it. It's not going to be worth it. Could it be that disappointment had driven Peter to that place? But I'm glad. I'm glad that even in disappointment, Jesus still came to him. Verse 4. They had toiled all night and they caught nothing. Verse number 4. And I know it's fixing to turn 12 o'clock. Don't nobody shout yet. Unless, Lori, you want to, honey, that'll be just fine. But when the morning was now come, Jesus, aren't you glad? Listen to me. Aren't you glad that the morning is going to come? You say, well, we're not promised tomorrow. No. You got that a little bit wrong. We are promised tomorrow. And it may not be here. It may be over yonder. Y'all hear? It may be over yonder. I'm talking to saints and I'm talking to children of God. It may be over yonder. But whether you wake up with the S-U-N shining on your face or you wake up over yonder with the S-O-N shining everywhere, the morning is coming. Amen. I'm glad that weeping may endure for the night, but joy cometh in the morning. Aren't you glad? He says they toiled all night, but when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore. 
But the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. You can read the rest of this and you can find how that Jesus, He gave them fish. He prepared a meal. Even in disappointment, Jesus not only called to Him, but came to Him. Number six, Peter's direction to feed. Turn with me. Verse number 15. So when they had dined, dined on those fish that Jesus prepared... Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? You know the story preached on a couple months ago. He says, Lord, you know I love thee. Jesus said, feed my lambs. He said, do you love me? Peter said, yes, Lord, I love you. He said, feed my sheep. Third time, Jesus said, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he said him the third time, lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest that I, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Now listen to me. Three times Peter denied the Lord. And three times Jesus asked him, do you love me? And three times Peter replied, yes, Lord, I love you. Now, we can look in those words and those definitions and we can get, we can run down a rabbit hole. But three times there was a a denial. Three times there was a question about love. And three times, Miss Tabitha, there was an answer. Yes, Lord, I love you. But not only that, but there was three times that Jesus said, either feed my lambs or feed my sheep. He said, Peter, you failed. You denied me. We knew it was coming. I told you it was coming. You didn't believe me, but it happened. He said, you denied me. I sent you word that I was resurrected and you went fishing. You reverted back to your old ways. He said, but Peter, you are to feed my lambs. You are to feed my lambs. Here, I want you to note that there is a direction to feed. He says three times, feed my lambs, feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. Peter had a direction from God to feed. Not only that, but Peter was the very first one to hear the two words, follow me. You look it up. You go back to the beginning of your Gospels. When he began to call disciples, Peter was of the first two that heard, follow me. And I want you to look at this in verse number 19. Jesus said, follow me. He said, Peter, I know you failed. I know you went back to your old ways and you've, you've kind of resurrected that. Everything's back to where it needs to be. You're, you're eating at my table. I'm feeding you. I'm fellowshipping with you. You've said that you love me three times for every time you denied me. You've promised that you love me. And I've told you I want you to feed my sheep. But here it is. I'm going to give you two words, Peter. I want you to follow me. There was a direction to feed. Number seven, I want you to look Peter's divine filling. I'm going to try not to spend a lot of time here. His divine filling. F-I-L-L-I-N-G. Filling. Verse number one down through verse seven of Acts chapter number two. The day of Pentecost was come. They were in one place, they were in one accord. Suddenly there came from heaven as a a sound, as of a rushing mighty wind. It filled the house where they were sitting, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And they were dwelling at Jerusalem, Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. Now, when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and they were confounded because every man heard them speak in his own language. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? I want you to see Peter's divine filling here. Just after Peter received word from Christ that he would deny him three times. Just after that in chapter 13, Peter heard in chapter 14, that he was going to give him another comforter. You can go back and read it. I'm not going to take the time to do it. He says, Behold, I will send you another comforter. He gave them the promise of the Holy Ghost in chapter 14. 
And now here we are six chapters later, just a couple days later now, and we find that here in Acts chapter number 2, we find that Peter is receiving the Holy Ghost which was promised just after the bad news that he was going to deny Christ. No doubt, fear, shame, all of those things must have infiltrated Peter's thoughts. Even up to this point, they were in one mind, in one accord. Have you ever, have you ever been in a crowd of people and you know everyone and you know their great acts and their great personalities and this, that and the other. And so you find yourself a corner and you sit in that corner and you just let everybody else be themselves and you kind of, kind of step back. Have you ever done that? Like, I, I don't even deserve to be here. I can imagine how that was going on in the upper room. But in the upper room, something happened. And a wind from another world blew in that place. The Bible says it was like a rushing mighty wind. And then all of a sudden the Holy Ghost began to rest upon them like it was cloven tongues of fire. Now, we can, we can picture that in our minds. That Holy Ghost reaching to this one, to that one. The one that thought they were worthy. The one that thought they weren't worthy. The big, the small. The important, the least important, the tax collector, the doctor, the fisherman. Peter had a divine feeling. He had just denied the Lord. But now all of a sudden, God is pouring out His Spirit upon him. Number eight. Peter's displayed faith. If you start reading in verse number 14 of chapter number 2 of the book of Acts, you'll find that in boldness and with authority and the unction of the Holy Ghost, Peter preached. He preached. He preached to the Jews and, and according to, to verse number uh, 9 down through verse number, uh, I guess verse number 11, you find that there were all types of people there. There were Jews, there were Romans, there were this, there were that. There were all kinds of nationalities there. But Peter preached. He preached about the prophecies of Christ fulfilled. He preached about Jesus' life, His death, His resurrection. And think about this. Peter who denied Him was the very first person to preach about His resurrection. Think about that for a minute. He preached in verse number 38 of Acts chapter number 2 about repentance. What was the result? Salvation. If you turn another page, you'll find at the end of verse number 41, then they that gladly received His Word were baptized in the same day that were added unto them about 3,000 souls. I want you to see quickly Peter's diligent finish. In Second Peter... Second Peter, we're going to go backwards here. Chapter number 1, verse number 12. Wherefore, I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, though ye know them and be established in the present truth. Yea, I think it meet as long as I am in this tabernacle to stir you up by putting you in remembrance, knowing that shortly I must put off this my tabernacle, even as our Lord Jesus Christ hath showed me. In case you're wondering, this show, showing, you turn back to John chapter number 21, read those last several verses, and you'll find where Jesus said, Peter, you're going to die. And when you die, He said, you're going to be taken to a place that you didn't want to go. He said, but follow me. Follow me. Remember, in John chapter 21, Jesus said, I want you to feed my lambs. I want you to feed my sheep. And in Second Peter chapter number uh, 1 here, he's, he is reminding until his dying day to stir them up by way of remembrance. He says, you've got to remember 
I thought that this week looking through the pews and looking through old pictures and old videos that I've seen through the years, how many people are not here. I watched a video of, of Ashland down here praying and I don't remember, maybe 2014 or something like that. Uh, Rachel was over there praying. I believe it was the same night. Could have been different ones, but I thought there's, there's brother Dent. He's in glory. There's brother Troutman. He's in glory. Uh, there's, uh, sister Jane. She's in glory. Uh, there's this one and went down the line as we were driving back from the nursing home Thursday looking at all the people that used to be here they used to worship with us and now they're gone it's the end of their line but until their dying day uh, they can still testify don't give up Uh, don't worry about your failures just keep pressing on I keep pressing on I want to remind you keep pressing on Uh, don't let your defeats defeat you amen Uh, but rather get up pull yourselves up and go on for the Lord. First Peter chapter number five, verse number two, three, and four. <laughs> John chapter number twenty-one. Jesus says, "Feed my lambs, feed my sheep, feed my sheep. Follow me." First Peter chapter five, verse number two. Feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind, neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, ye shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. Man, he says, being an example, example to the flock. You realize that Peter, before he could ever be an example, before he could ever remind others of the goodness of God, he had to get over his own failures. Are you holding on to your failure this morning? Are you holding on to your your own disappointment? God has already forgiven you. God has already given you directed favor. He says, hey, and He names you by your name. He says, I want you to know that I love you. I forgive you. And do you understand? We were going to, I was, I don't know who was going to sing it, but I was going to try to sing it. Uh, uh, that, uh, um, that song about the, uh, uh, how deep is the sea, I think is the name of the song. Oh, how sweet the words. Child, you're forgiven. And he goes on, they go on and on talking about the forgiveness of God. And he said, there's a line in the chorus that says, what God has forgiven, He has also forgotten. Do you understand that for us to forget, it usually is an accident. But God on purpose, is, on purpose chooses to not remember them. And that's the blessing it is for you and I today. That when God desires, uh, when God saves us and we fall and we repent and God forgives us, He is choosing to forget those things. But it is us in our weakness weak, finite minds that remember our goings astray. And it's us that remembers our faults and our failures. And we get to the point where we think God cannot use us, but God is just dying to use us. He wants to use us today. You don't have to go around moping and, and lollygagging, hoping uh, one day God wants to use you. Just submit yourself to God and let Him use you. Peter had to get beyond his own failures. Let's come with a song of invitation. I'm going to give you just this last little bit. In conclusion, I ask you, have you failed the Lord? Maybe you've denied the Lord. Let's face it. There's a lot of things vying for your attention. You may have denied the Lord in a lot of different ways. It may not have come by saying, I don't know Him. Or I don't believe in God. That may not be how you've denied Him. You may have turned your back on Him. You may have become less faithful to the house of God or less faithful to God. You may have stopped reading your Bible. You could have stopped praying. There's a lot of ways that you can deny the Lord. But I ask you the question, have you denied Him today? Have you become cold on God? Do you realize that there are preachers, and I have been one of them, that have stood behind the pulpit every Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night, and grown cold on God? And people don't understand that. How in the world can that happen? 
I can't explain it, Brother Stanley, but very easily it can happen. You want to know why I get so excited about our camp meeting? It's because I get preached to. You want to know why I've quit asking if I can go to meeting? It's because, bless God, if I don't go to meeting, I'm going to die. You want to know why I'm going three and a half hours down to McClinney, Florida to get in camp meeting? It's because as much as I got filled up last week, that was Friday and Saturday and Sunday where I started leaking and I need to get filled up again. You want to know why here in a few months we're going to go to Camp Canaan and we're going to endure the flies and we're going to endure the heat. We're going to endure those blessed dorms and we're going to endure all those things. But Stanley, it's because I need to be filled up. You want to know why we're going to come back and then go all the way back up there again in July? It's because I'm a leaky vessel. And if we're not careful, I say we as preachers, if we're not careful, we'll get so high and mighty and think, hey, I'm studying this every day. I'm doing this every day. I'm praying this every day. There's no way that I could ever get away from God. That's the first step of stepping away from God. And we need all the help we can get. As the people of God, I want you too to know that you can get cold sitting on the front pew or the back. You can get cold... No offense, but you can get cold standing here singing, playing. You can get cold on your knees praying to God. Have you gotten cold? Have you gotten cold on God? Well, I'm here to tell you. I'm here to tell you that you don't have to give up because God wants you. God wants to use you. Are you focused on your sin? All you can think about is how you failed God, not on how He's forgiven you. Maybe you need to flip the script a little bit and just go ahead and say, God, this is what I've done. I've confessed it. And God, I cannot seem to get away from it. But God, would you remind me of your forgiveness? God, would you get a hold of me and remind me how much you love me? I've already given you this testimony before, but several months ago, I wasn't doubting my salvation. Miss Irene, I wasn't having a problem in the world. I just in my office downstairs, I was reading, I was writing a little commentary and I was, I just closed it all up. Some just said, won't you just pray that I remind? And so I pray, God, would you just remind me how much you love me? Honey, child, I'm telling you what's the truth. All day long, that was on a Tuesday morning. All that day, Brother Eric, God began to remind me how much He loved me. Amen. You start thinking about that sin that you've done, all that, that fault that you've committed. Just start asking God, God, would you remind me how you've forgiven me? God, would you remind me how much you love me? Have you heard the word of God? God said, has God said today, do you love me? Answer him honestly. Peter answered him honestly. Jesus said three different times, two different times, excuse me. He said, do you agape me? Do you love me intimately? Three different times. Peter said, I love you like a brother. It's not what Jesus was asking. But finally, that third time, Jesus says, Do you love me like a brother? Peter was grieved. He said, Lord, you know I love you like a brother. Have you heard Jesus ask you today, do you love me? Answer him honestly. Don't try to be super spiritual. Don't try to be like somebody else. Answer God honestly. Have you heard him say, follow me? Peter failed. He strayed. He went back to his old way. Do you realize, somebody said it this week and he reminded me, do you realize that Peter, an unlearned fisherman, became the pastor of the church in Jerusalem? Everybody else was put in different places. Peter, the very one that's failure was so public, <laughs> he became the pastor of the church there in Jerusalem. God may have something in store for you today. And what you need to do, what you need to do is realize that God wants to use you. I'm glad. Ashlyn, I want God to use you. I want God to use you. I don't know how. Brother Eric, I want God to use you. Miss Irene, I want God to use you. And that goes for all of us in here this morning. And I could pray specifically for things in each of your lives and ways that I want God to use you. 
But when you start playing, praying, God use me. And you close your eyes, you put on the blinders of everybody else, and you start saying, God, you know my failures, you know my faults, you know my insecurities, you know my weaknesses. God, you know my strengths. God, I'm laying it all before you. God, would you use me? Can you use, Ansley, ask God, God, can you use me? And I don't know how he's going to do it, but he's going to kick the back out, back end out of his choir robe, and he's going to say, oh yes, sis, I can use you. I can, I watched as Miss Kerrigan surrendered to the mission field. And I watched as she picked up that guitar and started playing, voice quivering. I watched as tears ran down her eyes and I heard as she began to weep when she testified about what God was doing. She probably thinks, I'm just nobody. I, all week long, all week long, I've had text conversations with, with her and she was so apologetic that she couldn't do this or she couldn't go with us here because her sister has allergies so she can't go to planes and be around all those nuts. I'm so sorry. I wish I could, but I, I'm like, honey, it don't worry about it. And Brother Terry, I could imagine how she's probably thinking, God, why would you use somebody like me? God, you've called my daddy to the mission field. Just, just work through him. But you see, God put a call on her life. And I've watched her last year and this year. Baby, do you realize we were at the service at Redfield when her and her daddy both surrendered? Well, Sammy Allen was there. Brother David, I know you've probably experienced this before, but Brother Sammy Allen, Brother Clay McNeese, Brother Milton Taylor, we're all sitting right there, right there together. I know you know, Josh Sharp and I were there. I believe it was Josh, wasn't it Josh Sharp? Somebody. It was me, I know I was there. Kneeling underneath Brother Sammy, Brother Milton, and Brother Clay, praying over us and the ministry that God had us in. And God was calling two missionaries. Reckon why? Because there were some people willing. Are you willing? You say, are you asking God to call somebody to preach today? I'm asking God to call. Are you asking somebody to surrender to the mission field? I'm asking somebody to surrender. Are you asking somebody to accept salvation today? I'm asking you just to accept. Whatever God has spoken to your heart, that's what I want. But I want you to know today, you might have fallen yesterday or a year ago, but the God of all glory is able to forgive you and He's able to use you. Let's stand. Father God in glory, we praise You today. We ask You that You would touch us. God, I pray today that You would help Your people. As we sing, God, I pray that You let Your folks, let Your people, let some sinner come to know You as Savior in Jesus' name.